0: Thank you, Fiona, my lovely wife of 19 years. The apple in my eye, the tickle in my belly. We'll stop it there. I could get excited, Jim. How are you doing? When I ask you a question, I'd appreciate a response. How are you doing? Come on, this is Friday night. You guys are meant to be the lively bunch. We are preparing for our half night of prayer coming up in a little over an hour. I pray that you just listen into what I have to share. You switch on, you engage, because I don't want you to hear necessarily what I'm about to say. Not that I don't want you to listen. I want you to hear what God has for you tonight. If this is your first time with us, or maybe it's the first time in a long time, and if you think just because you're in a church, we have it all together, I would like you to take a look to the person to the left and to the right of you. As sweet and innocent as they look, they don't have it all together. Here is my thing for you to take away tonight is we like imperfect people coming in to our church. So if you don't have it all together, you're surrounded by friends and we are so glad you're here. So glad you've taken an hour out to be with us tonight. If you're listening into the podcast, I just want to give you a shout out. We appreciate everyone who listens in each week. For those of you who don't know, we do record our sermons and upload them to the weekly website. So I want you to go and have a look at desertlifechurch.org under the media tab there. You'll see the sermon section where you can listen in. I want to share this thought with you tonight. And it is pretty simple. But I just wonder if we could take another look at the cross. Take another look... At the cross. You see, as we prepare for our half-night of prayer, I really would love us to take a fresh look, a fresh perspective of the cross. You see, familiarity can settle in, and we all know what familiarity does, it breeds contempt. I want us to look at the significance, the importance, and the role that the cross plays in our lives. Our God has given each one of us a message to take public, and before you and I take this message public, I want you to know and to have the reassurance, the confidence that our God, He goes before us. Our God, He does not ask you or I to do things that He Himself is not willing to do. You see, far before we go public, far before we have even thought about going public, some 2,000 years ago, our God, He went public with His love for you. I want to encourage you with a few thoughts tonight. We're going to look at a particular passage, and it's from Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. I want to use this passage as a foundation as to how the cross relates, how the gospel can relate to you and and I. In verse 13, it says, "'You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ.'" For He forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away, nailing it to the cross. Good news. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Would you join me in praying in this moment? Father, we thank You for who You are. Lord, I thank You for the life-changing message of the cross. God, we sense you are here and you are at work. As we look at your word, I pray that you help us to have a fresh look at you, have a fresh look at the cross. God, we've come for a person tonight and his name is Jesus. Lord, we don't want what we got yesterday from you. We want a fresh encounter, a fresh revelation from you today. I pray you speak to each one of us, reveal yourself to us again. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you've realized, but you and I, we live in a time where people are confused. And it can seem like we live in a society which really goes with anything. I think the same thing can, be stand, can stand when it comes to God. You see, we can have this mentality of what really is the cross about. People are confused with the cross. We, we see the cross as a piece of jewelry that people hang around their neck. Some of you may have that tonight, and I'm not here to condemn you or to make you feel bad, but there is, a, there is a far greater significance, a far greater realization to what that piece of jewelry means that hangs around your neck. You see, I just want to, you know, understand the cross, it was a pretty gruesome thing. It was an execution tool, but yet there's a spiritual side to this as well, and I think we can get even more lost on that thought. You see, we have people from politicians to movie stars to athletes to even common everyday people like you and I who wear a cross around our neck, yet it can be a contradiction to the lifestyle that we live and the true message that that cross represents. You know, I I recently saw this uh, clip, a, a video clip of a rapper, and he was there and he's wearing this bling, this massive cross encrusted in diamonds, and he's there doing his thing but yet, he's talking about and degrading women, he's talking about murder, and all sorts of things that are totally contrary to the cross. I just looked and I thought, man, do you realize what that is that's hanging around your neck? You know, it shouldn't surprise us so much. We look at back at, at, at history, excuse me, and, and we see the Crusades where people would go around killing others for not believing in what they believed in, all in the name of God. We We look at modern day times... And we have people who are being killed just because of skin colour, groups like the KKK who will burn crosses in people's lawns, they will do horrific things to people just because they look different. You know, I'm not trying to be judgmental with you tonight or even go old school, I just want us to have a greater desire, a greater understanding of the price that Jesus paid for you and for me, the significance of the cross, and apply it to our lives. Because it's more than fashion, it's more than a topic of conversation. This cross, it's not just a symbol, it's, it's better than that. It's a statement that there has been made a pathway for you and I, for every believer, that Christ has come to make a home for you and me. You know, can we take a look at the cross and understand the power of its true meaning? You see, when I look at the cross, it's a bit hard to look at that one because it's off to the side, but there's four quadrants, there's four points on a cross, and I really believe that Jesus came and He defeated four things on your behalf so that you and I, we could live in freedom. We could live in a life of abundance, as His Word says in John 10.10. You see, the fact remains that when Jesus hung on that cross, on that execution tool... Some of His last words were, it is finished. He knew He had completed His mission at that point in time. And in that moment, Jesus' last words, His last words, they became our first words. You see, we can discover life, and at the end of His life, you and I can have life. Four things I want to share with you tonight as we take a fresh look at the cross four things that Jesus conquered for us for you for me i pray you here in my heart tonight it's a message of life i want to share with you and the first one is sin we discover that Jesus he defeated sin i wonder have you ever thought about the words of sin because i think we can miss what sin means sin it simply means that to miss the mark i love the analogy of an archer he stands there before his target we take the shot and we miss the bullseye. And it doesn't matter if you miss it by a millimeter or two, you still miss that mark. The arrow is not where it's supposed to be. We can refer to that bullseye as a, a metaphor of God's standard or God's glory. You know, the, the Scripture, it shares that we've all fallen short. You know, every time our thoughts, our motivation, our, our words, our behavior, the, our actions, they miss a mark. And we call that sin. The, the problem with sin is... It creates this wall, it creates this divide between God and us. I don't know if you thought about it, but we we sin by default. Genesis 8.21, it says, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. You know, God is declaring that in that moment you took your first breath, we stepped into a world full of sin. Stay with me, because this is going to get a bit more positive. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how easy it is to sin? Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> I mean, come on. We all know it. You know, but we're born into this world. The problem is that Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. There's this problem with sin. When we sin, it deserves death. That's the consequence when we Miss the mark yet jesus and this is what the sin, the scripture says it said he who knew no sin see because sin god was declared the righteousness of god sorry my god he came He came so that he came and he went upon the cross. He took all sin on and he he took it all upon himself. And he traded places with you and I because he knew that we couldn't make it. He knew we couldn't hit that target. But he came and he traded that place so that you and I could have life. He didn't just die for you. He, he died as you. And at that moment, that payment of sin was paid once and for all by the blood of Jesus. That wall, that separation between us and God came crumbling down so that you and I could have life. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but we can get a bit excited when we hear this because our God came so that you could be restored back to Him. He came so that we could have life abundantly. You know, I don't want to focus so much... On sin. I want you and I to focus on Jesus. I want us to go heavy on Jesus. I don't want to focus on the devil and give him glory. There is a devil, but you know what? We're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to go heavy on Jesus. You see, my trust, my sin, my, sorry, my trust is not in my sin or my performance. My trust is in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. My trust is in Jesus. Colossians 2.13, it says, when you were dead in your sins, you know, not Mr. Forgetful making mistakes all the time, but when we were dead in our sins, and it says, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, I think we have the wrong definition of sin, God came to make dead people alive again. God came so that you could have life again. The youth are excited about that. He came so that you could have life again. You know, we, when I see the cross, I, I get excited because I, I understand it's no longer an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. It's every eye because of Jesus' eye. It's every tooth because of Jesus' tooth. Jesus, He took my consequence so that I may receive His celebration. At the cross, sin, it was defeated. You see, it doesn't just stop there, it gets better. When Jesus went upon that cross, another thing that was defeated was shame. Shame was defeated at the cross. You know what really hurts me as a not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, is when I see people who are in a relationship with Jesus, but yet they still walk around full of shame. It's sad. You know, I've come here with good news for you tonight, that you don't have to walk around with shame tonight. The same God that was nailed to that cross some 2,000 years ago, that freed those people, He is here tonight to free you and I. There's freedom in the cross, there's freedom in Jesus. If death was a long-term result of sin, shame is a short-term result of sin. Shame, it's a slow death. I like to refer to it as a bit like the Eeyore syndrome. I'm not good enough. Nobody likes me, everybody hates me, the world's against me. <laughs> Can I urge you, please never have an Eeyore mentality. Shame, it's so vivid, it's detailed. You know, I remember a story earlier on in my life, because I'm so old now. <laughs> I was at Parafield, sorry, I was at Salisbury North Primary School. If You want to talk about tough schools salisbury north in adelaide see the girls are snickering they know and my grandmother my dear grandmother knitted me this red jumper that was a problem there but she took quite pride in this jumper and she put green decals and stuff all over it and like iron-on transfers and then right across the middle was my name And she drove down from the Adelaide Hills to my house to arrive in time before school so that I could wear this jumper to school as she dropped me off. I'm still scarred by it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got over it, to be honest. But you know, I wore that jumper, I went into school just to keep grandmother happy. But man, did I feel shame. (laughs) Shame. You cannot begin to understand the shame I had wearing that. See, in life, we, we make messes. and The reality is, is when we make a mess of our life, we don't want to face people. <laughs> we, we stand there and we try and suck it in. We tuck our shirt in. We try and put on that facade. We don't want people to ask questions into our life. And, you know, all it is, it's shame. It's fear. It's guilt that comes in. We don't want anybody to come and see what's going on in us, so we put this facade on. Can I encourage you to get a deep understanding of the message of the cross? If you're feeling shame in your life, get a greater understanding of who our God is. Can I encourage you to open that door to your life and realize that if we're broken, if we're messed up, if we need help, the only way to get through this, this shame, is doing life together. See, at the cross, your shame, it was taken from you. Can I encourage you to open your life, open that door to your life and step into the light. Share that pain, whatever it is, with someone. The the cross, it just doesn't make you right eternally. The cross, when you surrender to God and you apply it to your life, the cross makes you right immediately. Can I encourage you to join a community of the church. Can I encourage you to join a connect group? You know, you hear us talk about it, and I don't think we talk about it enough, but you know, you really need to do life connected. We really need to do life together. Don't allow shame to hold you back. You were justified in that moment at the cross. Jesus, He said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus wants us to come to Him, and He will clean up the mess You see what happens in Colossians 2 verses 13 to 14. Look what God does. He says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal debtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. You see, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, the problem with condemnation, it produces shame. Shame, it produces guilt, it produces fear, it produces anger, it produces isolation, it produces separation. That wall, that separation between us and God, also produces separation between us and others. You know, I love the fact that you're here tonight, but I think there comes a time when you and I, we need to preach to ourselves. shame, it has no hold on me, we have to let it go. How can we love others, yet hate ourselves? You know, if I want my marriage, if I want my family, if I want my friendships to be better, I need to improve myself. As I look to God, as I look to the cross, as I have God come and transform my life, others will outwork, will see Him outworking in me. Can, let, let's not be people who walk around isolated. God has a great future for you, and I want to encourage you to step into the light. Step into everything He has for each one of us. The third thing I want to share on the cross, that third point, that third quadrant was, at the cross, self was destroy, uh, destroyed. See, at the cross, we died also. Jesus said, you come and live. Sorry, Jesus said, before you come and live, you come and die. We die to self so we can be born again in Him. Good news. Jesus, He he doesn't like taking residence in our lives while we are still there trying to dictate and control what is going on in us. He wants us to die and come to Him. I love what Paul says in Colossians 1.27, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. It's exciting. The only way to get to Christ in us is you and I, we, we have to die. Fun, hey? Encouraging word for you tonight. I see you're all sitting on the edge of your seat, taking it in. <laughs> but, you know, I really want to set us up for the prayer encounter afterwards, as we get that fresh glimpse of Christ, as we get that fresh glimpse, we take a fresh look at the cross, we understand who Jesus is, you will understand who you are. As we press into Him, you'll hear His voice more. We will step out and, and walk that path He has ahead for us. It's good news. Can I encourage you, don't live for me my, or myself or I. Let's not have our focus on me, our fo- let's have our focus on Jesus our focus on other people, and learn to be people who are content in all circumstances. You know, I've decided that I'm going to follow Jesus, and that I'm going to have Him living in me. Will you join me? You know, things, they can be falling around you, they could be falling apart around you, but yet, good can still be going on in you. Why? Because it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Philippians 4.13, he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, you can do all things through Christ. But remember, you first died, and it's no longer your will, it's His will. It's actually trust and faith. Can I encourage you tonight, if you're here and you don't know who you are, look up, God. Discover Him, and you'll know who you are. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Can I encourage you, let's go deeper with God. Let's go deeper in our walk, our desire for Him. In the fourth area, we look at the quadrant. The fourth quadrant is, what else did Jesus defeat at the cross? He defeated Satan. I want to encourage you, if you're under challenges or temptations, tell the devil, no, today. You know, we're not in a battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Just as God has a life of abundance for you, we also know the devil wants to steal from you, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy but you know, I want to encourage you to take heart because Christ has overcome the world. If I could get the team up, that would be great. I love what the scriptures say. It says, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? As Christ hung on the cross and He said, it is finished. You know, the only way the enemy can have power over you the only way that the enemy can have power over me is when I listen to his lies. The only authority the enemy has when he picks up that phone and he rings and he tries to get into my mind is when I pick it up and I start to listen to him. Can I encourage us to be people who learn to say, no, devil, not today. Not today. My Jesus, he paid the price. It is finished. You are defeated I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer bound to your empty lies. You in a moment, we're going to worship. And I just want to encourage you to open your heart. And when you start to hear that devil start speaking to you, you get your God on the line. You step out and you say, the God who paid the price some 2,000 years ago, He's still alive, He's still here. As He said, it is finished upon the cross, it is is finished. Colossians 2.15, it says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The devil, he has no authority, it's gone. Jesus came out and he made a public statement. He allowed them to put him on that cross. You know, what's interesting is when it looked like he was losing, he was actually winning. Those words, his last words, became our first words, that you and I can go and live a life of abundance. My God is victorious. My God is triumphant. The cross, it matters. Jesus came to deal with sin. Jesus came to deal with shame. Jesus, he came to deal with the old me, and he also came to kick the devil's backside. Can we look at the cross and let's be reminded that our God is dominant, our God is sufficient, our God is supreme. He lives and because He lives, you and I, we have victory in Him. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, I want to thank You for the message of the cross. I thank You that there's breakthrough in You. Lord, I pray against any shame, any guilt, any condemnation. And I just speak your life over your sons, your daughters tonight. God, help us to have a fresh look of you. Help us to have a fresh look of the cross. And God, as we look to you, if we have any fear or doubt about who we are, I pray you reveal who we are through you. God, I just speak your life and your will be done in each one of us here this evening. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, church. What do we sing? Vented before you, you silenced the.